Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 95 of the Pitcher Bet Sports Podcast. We are rocking with a massive football pod today. It is March the 8th, and we've had the biggest news in the NFL in the past decade. We had a arguably top five quarterback traded. Aaron Rodgers has made his decision on the remainder of his career where he would like to play. And we've got a lot of repercussions from the Denver Broncos and Green Bay Packers moves today. everyone i'm your host matt guest with me in his aaron Rodgers jersey today while we record is matt morris matt you're obviously feeling good today you know man uh i got this jersey from from my girl for about uh two days before the packers lost to the 49ers right around the time of my birthday uh i was not sure i was ever going to be able to wear it as a current you know perspective again i thought this might have to be a legacy jersey where i wear this in three years once he retires and right it's a little bummed about that so i am rocking it today full support you know we've <laughs> talked a lot and i i have talked a lot of negativity on this podcast about rogers you know my feelings my my uh, desires for him to be moved because of the asset haul that he would ultimately um recoup but I am excited. I'm happy him and Devontae are back. Uh, I'm excited for at least a year, one more year. If it's one, if it's two, if it's three, that's awesome. We've got Rodgers back, and uh, I think I'm feeling better because of the Russ Wilson trade. You know, that's the thing that adds a lot to it. Yeah, and I mean, as Packer fans, we're delaying the inevitable. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, at one point in time, you and I are both millennials, right? We're both right in our 30s, be, beginning of the 30s. And we haven't known anything but an awesome time as a Green Bay Packer fan. The inevitable is that the Packers will not be good at one point in time in our lives. Like that's mm-hmm. it's just the truth, right? Like we we were not going to be good forever. So um, three more years of Rodgers, two more years of Rodgers, one more year of Rodgers. We'll take it, man. At the end of the day, now we're officially Super Bowl contenders again. I fully expect my heart to be broken because that's just kind of how it goes. But. It'll be a fun season this year. Can't wait to watch more Packer football. Not that I wasn't going to watch anyways. <laughs> well, and I think we talk about this a lot, you know, expectations and setting ourselves up for expectations. Um, you know, going into this season now, I think what you have to look at is just appreciation that our team is, again, competitive. Our team is, you know, going into it as Super Bowl favorites. And I think we need to take a page kind of out of LA's playbook here too, where it's like, you know, being those favorites isn't always a bad thing if you can capitalize. The Packers have not been able to capitalize. But again, we have Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to have to go out there and watch, you know, Jordan Love struggle at times to find his footing in the NFL. And that's a big uh, big key for us, right? Like, it's an enjoyment thing. So I'm just going to go out this following season. I'm taking Sundays off. I'm going to watch every single Packers game, and I'm going to really enjoy this. And yeah. if it is the end, it's the end. But I'm going to go out with the appreciation. And if we can rock it to the house, man, that'll be that much more, that'll be that much more special. Yeah, man. So let's just jump right into it. We'll start with Rodgers, then we'll get on to Wilson here. So with Rodgers, man, he makes his decision, apparently calls Pat McAfee this morning. Pat tweets out that Rodgers is returning to the Packers 
starting the domino effect of the day. I really didn't think it was going to end the way that it did today, but that's why we delayed the recording because we knew it might be a crazy franchise tag deadline day and shit it was. So Rodgers comes back to the Packers. They franchise tag Devontae Adams. And as we talked about kind of in the open there, the intro is that the Packers are going to be all in for the next, we'll say conservatively two years, right? At least two more good seasons out of Aaron. Most likely three is what I'm going to assume. And then most importantly to us as Packer fans is he's going to retire in the green and gold. I just really don't see him going anywhere else. And we talked about this before the episode in, you know, as times as roommates and just kind of Aaron Rodgers legacy overall is for me, I still love Brett Favre more than I love Aaron Rodgers. And it's actually by a lot. And Favre wasn't even close to as good as a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. But there is something that Rodgers is doing right now, committing to Green Bay as his Kobe location, right? As this legacy time in Green Bay that I'm going to stay here and I'm going to retire as only ever putting a Packer jersey on. And that's really, really special. And when I'm 50 years old, when I'm 60 years old, when my son is like, oh, tell me about Aaron Rodgers. How was it like watching Aaron Rodgers? You get to say he was one of the best quarterbacks that ever played and he only got to play for the Green Bay Packers. Something far really let us down with, right? You ended up playing for the Vikings, almost going to the Super Bowl, a hated rival. Um, and I and I think at the end of the day, that probably weighed in on Aaron's decision. I don't know him personally, obviously, but I think that's something that's really awesome. And then, you know, down the line, like I said, 10, 20, 30 years from now, I'm going to look back and say, yeah, it was really cool, good, bad, and ugly that we got to witness Aaron Rodgers play for my team and only my team. And I think that's something really special about his decision today. I I fully agree with you. And I think there was a lot to, to go into Aaron's decision, right? This past year has been very tumultuous for Aaron, you know, coming from the vaccine issues and scandal, right. going from just the idea of being dramatic with these decisions, right? He did it last offseason. He's doing it this offseason. There was a lot of um, <laughs> unhappy feelings coming out of Rogers camp. And then there was a lot of mix and match this, this offseason as well of like, oh, here are the four teams that Rodgers is most likely to go to. The Packers have you know, lined up trades with all four teams, and then Goot right. comes out and says, oh, that's a lie. There was a lot of misreporting. And honestly, just a lot of fabrication, I think, too. I think there was probably a lot more going on behind the scenes than we expected. But we talked about this off the air. When Pat McAfee today came on and released the news, he was very specific about the, the words he was saying because they were directly from Aaron. And not once did he mention that this decision for Aaron was which team do I want to play for? It was more of right. how do I feel? How do I feel spiritually? How do I feel mentally, emotionally? Where am I in my life? Like, is it time to hang up the cleats or is it time to commit to this Packers team? And I think you're right. I think when you talk about legacy and speaking on Rodgers down the road, it would be a much different tone if he had chosen to go to Tennessee or chosen to go to Denver. And you have to like honestly express your feelings towards Roger's career because I would be bitter, right? I'd be a little bit bitter, like another player, another hall of fame quarterback at the end of his career chose to go somewhere else because he just didn't want to see it through. That's not what Griffey did. That's not what Jeter did. And I really liked your Kobe comment because it's not what Kobe did. I remember when Kobe was thinking about going to the Clippers and I remember it specifically because it was very similar to the Rodgers drama where Kobe was just pissed off. Like if things weren't working his way, he was leveraging his superstar ability and his iconic right. brand that was attached to the Lakers and saying, you need to do more for me. You need to pay me more. Otherwise, I'm going to go literally to the same arena and put on a different jersey. And Kobe saved his legacy by not leaving 
the Los Angeles Lakers by staying there. You know, think about how much tarnish would have been done if he had donned that Clippers uniform. Um, (laughs) Same, but seriously, same thing with Rogers. You know, he goes to Denver and he loses or he, you know, doesn't do well. Like you're talking about a different experience here. So I'm very happy for Rogers. I am very curious how many years we're going to see out of this though. I want to see the details for him. I want to see the extension for Adams. I want to see who we bring back. I want to see if they can sign, um, Jair Alexander now as well to an extension. These are all pieces in the equation that you talk about two, three years. I'm wondering what does the structure look like over this time and what is Rodgers really willing to commit to Green Bay? Because I'm starting to feel this may be the final season for Rodgers. Um, this might be the true last dance of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, you you, you might be 100% right. I think, um, I think three years. I think it's three years, maybe four, with that fourth year kind of being the the chef's kiss, right? Just kind of, hey, thank you. Because in four years, he's going to be old, bro. And he's already, he's already deteriorating 100%. Um, but we'll see. I think it's going to be three years. It's crazy, man. I think in three years, he's still probably better than Stafford. You know, like what we saw from he Stafford might be right, this yeah. year. And, and that's not saying that you're not wrong because you're right. The deep ball, the touch isn't necessarily there. The arm strength isn't necessarily there. The zip inside the numbers, even outside the hash for 20 yards, 25 yards, he's still got it. But uh, in four years, oh, man, I mean, I'll take four years of Rodgers, especially 100%. with all this swing of emotions we went through this year. At the end of the day, if I have to be honest, I'll take four years. All right. First narrative I kind of want to dispel is and we just brought that up is the Packers are going to be a winning organization. The first thing motherfuckers start saying online, oh, nice, they get to waste more of Rodgers' career and have them lose in the playoffs. First of all, who cares? I'm on the who cares train. Does it hurt that we've lost the NFC Championship game, what, five times? I can't even count anymore. I don't know. But the last three years, twice at home, well, I guess last year wasn't at home, but you know, these losing these playoff games, yeah, it hurts. 100%. But would I rather be the Bears? Would I rather be Seattle today? Would I rather be any of these mediocre teams that literally don't have a shot? No. Would I want to turn on the TV and see the best quarterback in the game play every weekend? Yes. So at the end of the day, and we're getting to Russ here in the next segment, you got the guy. You have a guy. There's about six eight guys in the league that can get you there single-handedly. And he is one of them. He's definitely top two, right? You and I both go back and forth on him and Mahomes. They're the top. They're the elite. They're the number ones, the one of ones, as the kids like to say today. You won by getting him. And if that means four more years of playoff losses, so fucking what? No, I fully agree with you. And I think this is a hard thing as Packer fans. And maybe it's a little bit of um, naive nature. I looked at this Green Bay roster and I I took Rodgers out of the equation. And I think I'm more high on them than you are. uh, Because I think from a talent perspective, you look at the double running back combo. You look at Jair Alexander. You look at Rashawn Gary. You look at the offensive line. I've I've preached this over and over and over on this podcast. I think roster-wise, we're one of the best in the league, even without Aaron Rodgers. And you look at the NFC in general and you look at like, okay, who is there really it's to compete crazy, with man. The, the Rams, right? The Rams, and like that's the Cardinals it. have dysfunction and like there's San Francisco bad. Yeah. in San Francisco, right. which San Francisco, yeah. I think you go up against that Green Bay roster. You're going to need a quarterback that can make a few plays. Sure. Um, so you're talking about, you know, a big challenge, but uh, it's hard because when I really woke up today and, and found out the news, it was like, okay, thank God. 
because now I know going up against the Rams, the 49ers, with this same roster, with Aaron Rodgers, you're talking about we should win. That's yeah. it, right? Just like we said against the 49ers this year, we should win. Should have won. Jordan Love. Jordan Love is quarterback or, you know, you know, Garner Minshew, anyone that you would replace Rodgers with. It's like, damn, we're probably going to lose this game unless Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can go for 300 combined yards, you know, and Alan Lazard can put up 130. plays a career game, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoever's that quarterback. He plays a great game or, you know, something that we didn't have a special team steps up, right? Like the Packers, we talked about it all last season. They beat themselves, right? Yeah. That's something the Niners don't do. Well, and in, in regards to the narrative, to kind of finish off this little segment, you know, people forget that John Elway, towards the end of his career, had great talent, was a great quarterback. But the only reason he's cemented as a Hall of Fame, unbelievable quarterback is because he won his final two Super Bowls in his yeah. final two seasons with a team around him that really made some big plays. And to have a Super Bowl against Green Bay, where a lot of plays kind of went against Green Bay. And I just think it's going to be interesting if Rodgers can pull out another Super Bowl Maybe two, right? If he can win two more Super Bowls, what, what is, how does that change the narrative on Rodgers' career? You know, 100%. not saying that I have the expectation that Rodgers will do that because I'm not. I'm not going to put that on myself. I'm not going to put that nope. on him. But it will completely change the narrative. And right back to what I said, this conference is atrocious. The fact that we have to play who we have to play, it's two teams. You got to get through the 49ers. You got to get through the Rams. You know, we wanted that this season because we wanted to kind of have that legacy story. But... What are you going to beat the Bears? Easily. Done. Lions? Done. Vikings? Good Lord. Yeah, it's just, it was a no-brainer. So first round, you know, knockouts, whatever. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that because at least I get to watch 17 games with Aaron Rodgers. Second narrative that I think is the most ridiculous thing I've seen on Twitter thus far is that, and just the internet, not just Twitter, but is that the Jordan Love pick was a waste. Remind folks, Matt, of... Let's just say the wide receiver class that we could have taken in that 2020 draft where they took Jordan Love. What should be on the Packers right now? So in this 2020 uh, 2020 draft, we had Michael Pittman Jr. drafted after Jordan Love. Reminder, uh, Brandon Ayuk was taking the pick before at 25 overall. Jordan Love was 26. A lot of people really liked Ayuk, especially his rookie season. You know, they were like, oh, man, could you imagine Ayuk on the Packers? He was drafted above love, so shut up. Doesn't matter. Yep. Just doesn't, doesn't flat out doesn't matter. Jefferson. Um, so yeah. you, yep, you're talking about Michael Pittman Jr. after the pick. You're talking about Laviscus Sherratt Jr. being drafted after the pick. Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, we didn't need a running back, but that would be an elite talent. DeAndre Swift as well. And then T. Higgins was the first pick of the second round. I personally look at these guys, and outside of Laviscus Sherratt Jr. They don't really fit our teams, right? T. Higgins is Devontae. You can't have two guys, possession receivers, really clogging up the field. Just wouldn't have worked. Now, T. Higgins may have allowed Devontae to walk in free agency this season. But again, Devontae is the number one. We don't want to see him walk. And then you're talking about Pittman Jr. I think that's really a slower version of MBS, probably more of a controlled possession receiver as well with the speed. But you've got MBS. So what do you really need to do and look at like Michael Pittman Jr.? He would be playing second fiddle to MBS. We do need MBS to step up and kind of take that role. Right. In order to get a backup that you can trust, I will remind all of the football fans listening to this podcast, we had Seneca Wallace play for us for like (laughs) five, six games. What was this, 10 years ago, six, seven years ago when Rodgers had his first injury? Yeah, it was however long ago when you and I were, it was when we were living together. (laughs) Yeah, it sucked. And him and Brett Brett Hundley with the quarterbacks. Yeah. Awful. Like it was dog shit. 
So taking a receipt, oh, a quarterback in the or yes, taking a quarterback in the first round to know that you have a good backup. He didn't play bad against the Chiefs. Could have played better, but he could have played better if he had played more NFL games. It was his first NFL start. You cannot judge this kid. And the last thing I will say about this, this is a fantastic tweet I saw today. You look at that draft class. You could have drafted Henry Ruggs in prison. You could have drafted Isaiah Wilson, probably Ooh. selling drugs somewhere. To offensive tackle for Tennessee at 29. Uh, cut by the Titans after his second season. Awful. Picked up by a few teams. Also dropped for behavioral issues. So again, another bust. You could have taken the cornerback from Ohio State, Damian Arnett, who is pulling guns on people out here in Vegas because he can't get his car out of valet because he lost his ticket. Another <laughs> bust. And then going all the way up to three overall, and it's a little bit early to judge this, but Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State as well. Toward the right. Achilles this past year, had Injuries, a very but... bad rookie season. Um, as of right now, bust. So you're going to tell me that Jordan Love was the wrong pick. It has all worked out. We have a backup quarterback. Time will tell. Yeah, and I'm honestly, a, I'm a firm believer that the Jordan Love pick is the reason Rodgers is here. I think that was the first time in, at that point, I think it was 15 or 14 seasons that he's like, I think they could be better without me. So I need to prove them wrong. I think it lit the fire under his ass because if you pull up the tape of that 2018-2019 season going into that draft, Rodgers looked washed. He didn't look, you know, he wasn't a bottom 10 QB, but he wasn't himself. The Packers defense and honestly luck bounced them into that NFC championship where they ended up getting blown out by the Niners. Nothing Rodgers did was impressive that year and nothing Rodgers did the last year of Mike McCarthy was very impressive either. I, I will sit here on my chair on the pod and say, you got to give credit to Jordan Love and the Packers for lighting that fire under Rodgers' ass. It happened. And to second that, Jordan Love's 23 years old. He's 23. It's not like he's 27. It's not like he's 30. It's not like he's 34. He's 23 years old. And I don't know if this is just Packers Twitter and some of the beat reporters who are, they're all really good on there. But allegedly, teams are saying that Jordan Love would have been the best quarterback in this draft. Not that he would have played, but just to kind of give you context on, hey, we have a guy that would have been, quote unquote, the number one pick in the draft this year. So did they reach on him? Was it kind of a shitty pick? I wanted to take Patrick Queen there in the moment. Still kind of regret it, to be honest with you. Sure. But at the end of the day, the Jordan Love pick might turn out to be the best pick the Packers ever made because shit, well, maybe maybe the kid sits down five years, Matt. Maybe he does, but maybe he's ready at 25 years old. And holy shit, did we really hit on three straight QBs? And, and I'm going to kind of uh, relay something that I saw from social media this week, too, from RG3 talking about Trey Lance for the 49ers. He was asked because he's in he's in the NFL reporting world now, right? Like RG three would like to you know come back and play quarterback, but as it stands right now, he's, he's kind of His just in done. touch. Yeah. yeah, and he's you know if anything a backup. But he was asked on Lance's performance and if Lance was a bust, and he came out straight up and said, "Listen, the kid hasn't played enough football. Give him two years, give him three years, and then I'll tell you how I feel about him." He's right. like, it worked out pretty well for Patrick Mahomes, similar body type, similar playing style. It is unfair to judge him because he has not played enough NFL games. And it, we are so quick on the national media scale to jump on these kids and say, you're a bust. You didn't do it. You know what? For cornerback position, when you get burned a full season, then you come on, you tear your Achilles. Hey, that's kind of bust material. But from the quarterback position, when it takes everything 
around the game from reading coverages to understand your offensive line, to understand how your, your wide receivers make cuts, to understand which side your running back prefers the ball, where to hit him in the pads. All of those things, it takes time. Give Jordan Love time. I do think if Jordan Love were in this draft, number one quarterback. He's got the arm strength. You know, he's got the ability to be mobile. And to think about also having the number one quarterback in this draft on our roster at 23 years old with technically three years of team control left, I'll take it. That draft yeah, pick was not yeah, wasted. Hell yeah, dude. Not hell wasted yeah. because Michael Pittman, really, we're talking Michael Pittman. Yeah, what's nah, he's, he's not beating Love. the Niners. He's not nope. beating the, he's not the reason he lost nope. the Niners. And he's not bringing two MVPs to Aaron Rodgers' trophy case because you are no. 100% right. Aaron Rodgers needed a little bit of a wake-up call. And I think coming into this season as well, you have another year of development with not only Aaron, but now a good defense to play as the practice squad quarterback, right? Because that defense is coming back. Another year of development. This all together plays so well. And again, time will tell, but I think a lot of these people that are jumping on Jordan Love are going to have to retract. All right, so actually to the biggest story of the fucking day, bigger than Rodgers, the, the Rodgers story, bigger for us, Packerland, Bears fans, the NFC, basically, big news. But Russell Wilson, dude, traded, traded. They traded Russell Wilson, the Seahawks did, to the Denver Broncos. Mind you, the Broncos traded for a guy that literally beat them in the Super Bowl. That's wild to me. The Denver Broncos give up a first, a first, two seconds, a fifth, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris for Russ Wilson in a fourth round pick. Insane, bro. So we're starting off the segment with a pitcher bet because I, before the trade, was passionate and said Russell Wilson is not only top five for me quarterback in the nfl but he's top three and sits at number three for me so you think joe burrow you think justin herbert are better than him at this point in time in his career you think they're top five you don't think russell is so i challenge you to a futures pitcher bet that russ wilson has a better season in wins and statistics than herbert and Joe Burrow. Bet. I accept. I accept. This is this is easy for me because I think Russ is going to be playing in a very top division. Um, now, this does change the parameters a lot of what we just did with our quarterback classifications because I put into the equation that Russ was playing on the Seahawks. Right. But I'm not going to change that. I think when you have to go up against Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes, six times. Six times. There's no way around that. He's got to play each team at home and on the road. It's going to be a little bit more challenging to get those wins. Now, with that being said, I think Burrow's in the driver's seat over Herbert, right? Because again, Herbert has the same problem Russ does. Exactly. He's got to play Russ twice. What he's happens play if Russ twice. beats him twice, right? Boom, he's yeah. done, right? Yep. Like move on to yep. Burrow. Vice versa, so Burrow, obviously. Burrow, yeah, and Burrow has that advantage because again, like his division, you know, it's going to be a second year with Chase. We don't have to get into the details. Um, I think this is really going to come down to Herbert Wilson. And big news as well, Mike Williams, three years, back. $60 million back with the Chargers. We talked about Huge. this. I don't love it. It is Damn. what it is. He is getting $28 million in the first year of that deal, though. So if it fizzles out, they can cut him loose and kind of save some of them, save, save their own ass, honestly. 
Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr. This might be the best quarterback division I have ever seen in oh, my lifetime. Hundred percent. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. And honestly, Russ, I hope you can elevate yourself to that top five where I have you out of because I would love to see it. That would be some incredible football. It would be battle testing week in week out, and that AFC West. But man, you're giving up Noah Fant, which I really don't like. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but I think yeah. they gave up less than they should have. But you're looking at a wide receiver core where you're going to need to see some guys elevated. Corlin Sutton obviously has had the injury bug. He is a good receiver. I would consider him to be a number one. Jerry Judy, this is this is my guy this right here that I'm going to put on the peg. Yep. If Jerry Judy cannot elevate himself with Russ Wilson, Russ Wilson will not be top five. It is that simple. If Jerry Judy can go out and kind of fill that uh, Juju Smith role when he had AB next to him, a.k.a. Corlin Sutton, you're right. talking about an easy top five. Russ is going to absolutely wash the floor with these guys. He might even throw for 5,000 yards this year, which is incredibly um, you know, bullish, but it's coming down to me for Jerry Judy. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you at all, dude. I really don't. <clears throat> I think it's all about Jerry Judy, right? He had his tweets. I was retweeting them today. Yeah. <laughs> on our account, just all upset they didn't get Rodgers. And then they get Wilson and he's all excited. And I was like, this is literally if I was a Denver fan, I'd be the same way. Like, God damn it, yeah. we missed our guy. And then, <laughs> oh, we got Russ Wilson. Are you serious? Because I think at the end of the day, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. But moving on is just Dude, Denver has no chance. You can't draft a rookie young quarterback in Denver right now with the state of that division and compete. You don't have three, four, five years to waste with the roster that they have constructed right now. They have a top 10 defense, in my opinion. They have, you know, they could have a top 10 offense with their weapons, right? You and I are huge Javante William guys. We both like Melvin Gordon a lot. You alluded to the receiving core. If they can get the line tightened up a little bit, I mean... All they needed was a franchise quarterback, and that's what they got. And no doubt about it. Whatever you, you and I are, we could, we're going to go back all season. Is Russ Wilson top five or not? We can't argue that he's not a franchise quarterback. To me, you can't argue that fucking the Broncos lost the trade. For the people that are saying, oh, Seattle killed him, come on, they're no. done. They are a bottom three team now, today. They are one of the well, three worst teams in football today, now, based on this trade. That's not winning Bef a trade to me. Before we move on to Seattle and what, what you know what they can possibly do with these picks and you know how the future is going to unfold for them, I just want to bring up the idea that this is a completely different offense for Russ, right? You lose Lockett, right? Lockett's the speed guy. He's the guy that you've trusted for six, seven years now downfield. He, Up there, he, I mean, yeah. He's been his go-to guy, right? I know he's right. got decaf, but Lockett's been his go-to guy. And then you you trade out Carson for Williams, right? Because Gordon is a free agent. Gordon came out this week and said he wanted to, he wants to come back to Denver, which, you know, from a fantasy football perspective, you absolutely hate to hear. But from a real football perspective, pairing you Gordon and Williams, him. it's a no brainer. You, yeah. you got to have two backs in this league. I don't care that they're the same profile backs. You're talking about, you know, a dominance in the backfield. So Russell now has, if they can sign Gordon, that dominance. Not the injury bug of Chris Carson and bringing DJ Dallas in and all this crap with not having a, a solidified run game, right? Adrian You've Peterson. You've got your run game. Yeah, Adrian Peterson. So this will be the first time we've seen Russ with a good running game since Marshawn Lynch. Yep. Well, look what happened with Russ and Marsha Marshawn Lynch. Super Bowl Very appearances, good. right? Yeah. So, so there we go. We have a temple there. We talked about this a few episodes ago. Denver has a very young and good emerging offensive line. While, yes, there might be some experience issues, 
they're all great. Like, don't get me wrong. You could talk about maybe the best offensive line coming into the 2023 campaign if we see them perform well around Russ. And also, Russ is a mobile quarterback. So those guys, he's going to buy them even more time. So there's an asset. The thing for me is that wide receiving core. Not having Lockett, not having DK Metcalf. We're talking about different profiled guys. What does that look like for Russ? I think he's going to elevate all of them, but we do need – that's the only question mark for me. That's the question, man. That's it. Yeah, and I think if Sutton stays healthy, I think more than anyone, he's going to be the number one. I think Sutton's mm. the guy that you see with the you know thirteen hundred yard season, potentially one hundred and twenty receptions, because I think he's really polished. I like Sutton a lot. Um, the ACL just sucked a couple years ago, so we'll see. I think this is the Javante Williams coming out party that you and I have been waiting for. I think he's your late first round back, you know, early second round back. That's like. He's going to get you there in fantasy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you talked about it. Let's move on to Seattle. So like I just said, they fuck, they're done. The Seahawks are done. There's no way around it. They're done. They're not competing with the Rams. They're not competing with the Cardinals. They're not competing with the San Francisco 49ers, right? Um, Drew Locke going over there. Yeah, whatever. No fan. Sure. You know, the, the assets they got were good. The picks they got were good. But in my opinion, I think they I think they sold short, Matt. Like, I didn't think they needed the players, you know? And if you're going to get the players, how do you not get Sertan? How do you not get Javante? Like, I like Noah Fan. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think he's a really, really good player. But those are you let them get off scot-free with all the weapons? How does that I don't how does that happen? Yeah, I mean that's my issue with it too. And we talked about this off the off the pod. We talked about you know if this were the Rodgers package, um, you said the I'm name. Pissed. It was it was Sertan, right? Forget Fant, forget Shelby Harris, forget Drew Locke. I'm going to give you the number one coveted player in position in currently available now that Rodgers is off the table. You're giving me a shutdown, 22 year old legacy player in Patrick Sertan Jr. Because I need something to build around. He's going to turn into, you know, Ramsey and Revis, you know, Richard Sherman, right? whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe not, maybe not uh, Revis, but Richard Sherman's. That's his. That's his floor. You're talking about a perennial All Pro, perennial a Hall of yeah, Famer, absolutely. Maybe not generational, but Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I. That's what I need. I need that, and I need picks. Because we're going to look at the picks right now. We're talking about, you know, they're getting Denver's number uh, nine overall Big pick. Big fucking this is a, But you have, say you have Sertan, now you take Matt Carroll. Now you take right. Kenny Pickett, right? You're taking a quarterback. Oh, here. Matt there Corral. can't be Matt Corral, correct. You can't, yeah, yeah. you can't miss on a quarterback. You got to take one. Because as of right now, you have Drew Locke, and that didn't go so well in Denver. But what they missed out on is having that defensive guy as well, right? Because... You say you bring the quarterback in and Matt Corral at number nine, you have Sertan. Okay, maybe we have some foundational building pieces here, right? Now we can draft some offensive linemen. You know, we can draft uh, an edge rusher next year in the first round pick. But now you're talking about we have to draft cornerbacks. We have to draft uh, wide receivers. We have to draft running backs. We have to draft everything on this team. They didn't do any favors for themselves because Noah Fant, He's a tight end. Maybe 100 receptions if you're the best tight end in the league. And That's what not is he going to do with Drew Locke? Like, we've seen this mm-hmm. song and dance, right? You know, like, why yep. are you bolstering up your offense? Like, I mean, it. it I don't know. I, I didn't love the trade. I thought it was a shit trade, to be honest with you. I couldn't believe that's what Denver had to give up. Two years of first and second round picks for Russ. That's basically what they gave up. I know they gave up locker room guys, and that stuff matters too. But 
come on, man. That can be easily replaced here. It's gonna Von Miller's gonna come back. They're gonna get some guys to come play with them on veteran minimum deals, just like the Rams did. You know, they're going all in. Like it's it's gonna be fine for them out there. Scott free, man. And unlike the Matt Stafford trade last year, they didn't need to take on a massive contract. You know, like they didn't need to get rid of a massive contract. Denver did. They just kind of, you know, here's our guys, here's our picks, whatever, right? Like, I don't well, know. I just thought, I thought the deal was, I thought the fucking Broncos killed him. Well, it's interesting because the report came out that the commanders, for those of you that don't know, Washington football team. <laughs> Washington, yeah. <laughs> they had a better offer on the table, which is being reported. And Seattle said, no, we don't want to trade within the conference. Why? You're not going to the playoffs. You know, you're, you're, I wonder you're not if going Russ to the didn't want to go there either. Maybe, maybe because he had but, a no trade clause. Did he? Okay. Yeah. But he had again, no trade if, clause. If yeah. If that's not the case, which again, Washington is a pretty good team as well. You put Russ on there. We're talking basically Dude. the same conversation McLaurin. here. Yeah, and the def- everything. So my issue is if this is true, and it was simply a Seattle decision to take a worse deal to trade him out of the conference. What the fuck are you thinking? You, you are in a rebuilding phase. You take every asset you can. They were offering three firsts and three seconds. Take it all day because <laughs> we don't know if these draft picks are going to hit, right? We were right. talking about that off the pod. You know, you trade Rodgers and you trade Wilson, and you, you get all these assets, and that was it sounds so incredibly enticing. Well, it's when you're Madden. drafting at nine, okay, you can still miss. When you're drafting at 23, 27, eh, you're probably going to miss. Um, very different situation. It's not Madden. So, they have to hit at number nine, whether it's Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, you know, Desmond Ritter, like they've got to take one of these guys and they've got to build around them. Just commit to it because you have so many holes in Seattle. You didn't get enough assets back. You've got to capitalize on number nine overall this year. Yeah. And end of the day, we start. I, I kicked off the pod talking Rogers legacy. If I'm a Seattle fan, Wilson's dead to me. He's dead to me. Like I, I can't, his legacy is tarnished. And Richard Sherman tweeted it out today, retweeted uh, Bobby Wagner's. I forgot what Bobby Wagner Wagner said, but he retweeted it and said the Batman quote, right? You either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. And that's exactly what Russ Wilson did. He made the Seahawks commit to him. He took the money. And then when shit went sideways, he said, I want to leave. And for me, as a diehard fan, of my teams, he would be dead to me. And then to go to the team that you beat in the Super Bowl too, I don't know, man. I think his legacy, his reputation in my books, I'm I'm fucking out on him. I'm done. I do I mean, still think he's top five, but <laughs> let's look at his track record. Left NC State for Wisconsin. Yep. Okay. You know, transfer program, whatever. Left his wife for Sierra. <laughs> Yeah. Left Seattle for Denver. This is who he is. I mean, that's some shade. That's some that straight was up, fucked up but yeah. shade. But I, I'm just looking at the facts, man. I feel right? You. Like, I feel you. Yeah. You, you look at me as a guy that's left 50 some jobs when shit gets rough or I'm not liking it. I'm somebody that dips when times gets rough. All right. Like, that's just how I am. Russ seems to be the same way. And I get it. Yeah. But like you're a pro football player that destroyed the, one of the greatest defenses of our generation because you took the money. Had you just get left six, seven million on the table, you're probably not talking about a decimated team like you're talking about it now. And then you also 
demand for them to go out and rebuild that defense, which they give assets away for to get Adams from the Jets. And then on top of that, you bitch about not having an offensive line because those offensive line picks are now at the Jets. Russ destroyed this team, and it's something that Rodgers could have also done, but we luckily as Packer fans have not seen the detriment of that yet. And say the Packers had chosen to trade all of these picks for wide receivers and blah, 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 blah. Rodgers is probably out of town too because we don't have Colin Jenkins. We know we don't have uh, Jair Alexander. How many names could we throw out there? So you've got a tale of something that worked in Green Bay and a tale of something that went drastically wrong in Seattle in terms of roster construction. Dude, 100%. Well said. Last thing I want to talk about on this topic is that the report that is coming out, and I I think this is fucking hilarious, is that Denver actually never had a deal with Rodgers, nor asked for a deal with <laughs> Rodgers, nor was really interested in Rodgers, that it was all Aaron Rodgers' camp saying that Denver was the spot. And that Russ Wilson was their guy the whole time. If you believe that, you're a fool. <laughs> you're a fool. You know who believes that? Russell Wilson. Okay? Aaron Rodgers was the guy. Nathaniel Hackett was not a good head coaching candidate. The tight end coach that they brought over to be the offensive coordinator isn't qualified for that job. They went for Aaron Rodgers. They swung hard for the fence and I respect it and they missed they came back up and hit a triple off the wall they did great but if you're gonna sit here and say that they never were going to go after Aaron Rodgers you are a fool that is all yeah and this was something I wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about the Broncos and Russ this is a huge win for Hackett you go from, Huge. you know, like you just said, potentially getting Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron comes out, Pat makes the announcement, right? You're not getting Aaron Rodgers. Now you've signed on to a, a job as a quarterback coach. I think Hackett is probably a genius. I think he's probably going to be a great, great head coach with a good quarterback. But the problem is you have Drew Locke. He can't run your system the way you want <laughs> right, him to. Right. right? How many guys, how many great coaches could have been in this league had they just had a better quarterback? But if the quarterback's an idiot that can't make throws, has, you know, trouble with uh, pressure in the pocket and scrambles way too much, you just don't, you don't get to execute your playbook. Two, three hours later, trades made for Russ, right? You're going to tell me that this was never an option for Rodgers. Oh, timing seems very coincidental that you have a deal done <laughs> as soon as the other deal is completely off the table. Right. So you're right. All they're trying to do is make Russ not feel like the second option because that was the first thing I thought about when I heard about the trade. I was like, damn, Russ, you were the second girl that got chosen. You know, they couldn't get their <laughs> first girl to go to the dance. So now they got to take, you know, the they got to take the dancer, not the cheerleader. Um, but I mean, it is what it is, right? You're going, you're going from a shitty team to a good team. Honey, honey, can you go to the prom with my son, please? Can you please just, just go with them? <laughs> How much is it going to cost? His, his date's over there. You know, his date over, was actually in the limo with the other guy. Could you, you, you just go, please? It, yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. Please just, just one time for him, please. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an easy yes, but, but you're right. And I, I think the biggest winner out of all of this 
when you really strip it down is Hackett because Hackett finally gets to go in to a 100%. team. You know, he had Jacksonville, Green Bay. He didn't get to call call the plays in Green Bay. He gets to now prove to the league that I'm a good I'm a good coach with a great roster and a great quarterback. There's no I way agree. around this. Like Hackett is the biggest winner. Russ loses because of the legacy um, knock, right? I think if Russ can go out and win a Super Bowl, you're talking about that legacy being now elevated even above where it was because you'll have to go through Herbert, Carr, and Mahomes. You know, sure. not even mentioning Allen and Lamar Jackson. Lamar, oh my God, double. that yeah. conference is insane. So elevating that legacy, but as it stands right now, the biggest winner today was Nathaniel Hackett of this Broncos Seahawks trade. Well, everyone, cheers. We got a pitcher bet out of the way early on a Tuesday this week. Huge news in the NFL. We'll be back this Thursday with our NFL draft series continuing the running back class. The combine is done, so we actually have some more hard evidence on 40-yard dashes, quick, agile drills, and, of course, a ton of tape study for Matt and myself. As always, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at PitcherBetPod. We will see you guys Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. Woo!